Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about being an introvert. Are you an introvert? I got a request from my private Facebook group to make a podcast about how to parent an extrovert when you're an introvert, which I thought was a really unique and interesting topic because I am an introvert and it is a challenge to parent a child that is so opposite of who you are and might even kind of overwhelm you at times. So I thought it was an awesome topic. If you have a topic that I haven't covered yet and you're like, wait a minute, how can she talk about that? She should talk about this too. Well then go over to my private Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash AT parenting anxious kids and join my private Facebook group. And then you can put a thread in there and definitely tag me because I can't read every comment in there. Although I do try. And say, Natasha, here's another idea, because I get a majority at this point, I get the majority of my ideas for my podcast and even my kids' YouTube channel through my private Facebook group. That's why those people are so important because they let me know what would be helpful. And if you're not in that group and you're not one of those people, become one of those people because they're incredibly supportive. It's a very active group. So Um, Some people liked the idea. It got a little traction um, and other people said, yes, I would love to hear that. And so I thought, oh, I could do that. It's not exactly about anxiety, but it's parenting. And a lot of us are anxious. A lot of us are introverts and we're trying to raise our anxious kids. And sometimes our anxious kids are extroverted kids. So my kids are home today because it's summer. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm working a little extra because I just am. So I don't have a quiet day until the end of June where my kids are at camp and I am here recording. So I am, that's why I missed last week because I thought I would just skip a week and maybe make a few podcasts. And then at the end of June, they are in camp and Wednesday I am here and not in my office and the world will be quiet again for at least one day. So let's talk about the struggles and the solutions for being an introverted parent with an extroverted child. So out of my three kids, I have, it's hard to say who is really completely extroverted, but my little one, even though she has social anxiety type of behavior, she tends to be very extroverted She likes a lot of people. She likes laughter. She likes attention. She likes to be the center of attention. Um, She's interesting, though, because she does have social anxiety. But she's Miss Six, and she is really the kid that is the most extroverted out of all three of my children. And she really challenges my introverted behavior. And even if you don't have necessarily an extroverted child or like an extremely extroverted child, Being an introvert in general and parenting, I think adds another layer of difficulty. So let's talk about it. So I broke it down into basically four sections, four main areas that I wanted to talk about that seem to impact 
parenting when you're an introvert and you're raising an extroverted child. So the first one is learning how to deal with a spotlight (laughs) because your extroverted child will grab the spotlight and not only put it on your child, but they'll put it on you as well. I had a really hard time with this because I like to be a wallflower. I don't like attention in public. That's my introverted behavior. But for me, it's also my social anxiety, which I have really, really gotten rid of. But that is for a different podcast. If you want to know more about that, listen to podcast episode 63. And I go into detail about social anxiety as a parent. But this is about being an introvert. And some of us who are introverts don't have any social anxiety. We just get charged up by being alone. And when we're around people, even people we love, we are getting depleted. I equate it to uh, like a battery. So when we're around other people, you know, our battery is getting depleted and we have to go home to our little charging station and charge up. And if you're an extrovert, you're like the opposite. You are sitting there by yourself in your house and your battery is getting depleted. And in order to go recharge it, you have to go outside, be around people, interact so that you can go to your charging station. That's like the most simplistic way I can put it. Now, some people who are introverts also have the extra layer of social anxiety. We're not going to be talking about that today, but in my examples, they kind of get smushed together because some of my examples are from when I had some social anxiety as well. So how do you deal with a spotlight? Now, when my Miss Six was Miss Three, she was a nightmare for my my introverted personality because she wanted to talk to everybody under the sun. And not only did she want to talk to them, which I think I probably could have managed, but she also had zero filter. And so she would go up to people in her three-year-old way and say the most embarrassing things. (laughs) And then I had to, I felt like then I had to go in and smooth things over. And so that was like a double doozy for me. I'll give you an example. And then we'll talk about how do you handle just your kids being outgoing with other people in general. So Um, There were a lot of instances, but it it tended to be whenever we were trapped. So if I went to like swim class when my kids were little, I would want to sit there and they have like glass. And so you sit in these chairs and you watch your child in the pool and you're like, it's like a viewing area and there's like all these other parents around. And because she was a toddler at the time, she had to watch her brother swim and I just brought her everywhere and she would make comments to people based on what they look like. And so there was this guy that would walk in and he was very obese and he was tall and he was just a big guy. And she would see him and she would say, mommy, the giant is here. The giant is here. Mommy, do you see the giant? And it was pretty mortifying. (laughs) Every single time I would see her pop up from her chair and go, and I'd think, kill me now. She's going to say it again. And she'd say, mommy, the giant is back. The giant is here. So I had to learn how to deal with that. One, I mean, she's being outgoing and two, she's being embarrassing. And so there's a lot of attention being put on me, not only because of what she's saying, but because, um, well, just everything. So 
she would do that wherever. We went to the grocery store and she would say, mommy, why he, why he have no hair? We went to the doctor and there was a pregnant woman who looked really unhappy. And we had just talked about where babies come from because she was very interested when she was a toddler. And she announced to the lady, oh, you have a baby? Your baby's going to come out of your pee-pee. And it was just, and then I had to have a conversation with that lady who looked at me like she wanted to kill me for some reason. That woman was not having a good day. But how do you handle that? So those are extreme examples. I mean, my daughter had zero filter and we had to have a lot of conversations about, you know, just what you should say and what you shouldn't say. But there are kids that are outgoing and they're going to start conversations with people next to you, um, wherever you are. And you may not want to talk to people. And so how do you do that? Now, some of it for me was realizing that it's really not my responsibility to be part of that conversation. Now, my social anxiety, which is a total side note, would make me feel like I had to be because I don't want to be rude. But if you're just an introvert, you don't have to have a conversation. You can smile and be polite and you can teach your child, you know, who you can talk to people when I'm here, but you shouldn't talk to people when I'm not depending on their age. But I think sometimes we'll tell our kids not to talk to people because we're an introvert and we don't want to talk to people. And so it's like vicariously, we're like, please stop. So that can be the first issue is how to deal with being put in the spotlight. And really the skinny of it is it's your child's spotlight, not your spotlight. And you don't really have to participate in that. Um, It's learning how to just cope with your child's friendly, engaging personality. And that is going to drain you a little bit quicker because you're going to have people talking to you. And maybe you don't like small talk. I know I don't. And so having to do more small talk because my child is encouraging it is exhausting, but I'm not going to change my child because my child is who they are and that's not fair to them. Okay. So the second point I want to talk about is overload. So as an introvert, kids are much more draining than if you're probably an extrovert because people in general drain us. Like, do you hear them right now? Those are my kids in the background. I'm drained in my office listening to that (laughs) because I already told them they have to be quiet or they're not going to earn the ice cream that I told them they can earn when I'm done with my podcast and they're failing miserably and that's draining, right? And I'm not even going to correct it because it's perfect for this podcast. So sensory overload is a really big, big thing. And I think as introverts, some of us don't realize that it's not that we don't like our children. It's not that we are not super moms or super dads, or why can our friends just handle it and we can't? No, when you're an introvert, noise is going to bother you probably a little bit more than your average person. And chaos is probably going to get on your last nerve. And that social interaction, even when it's your kids, is depleting your battery. Maybe not as much as a stranger or somebody maybe outside of your home, Um, but sometimes maybe even more. So I think the first thing to recognize is it's okay. This is who you are and this is how you're wired. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So for me, I find that I have a very low tolerance for chaos in my house and I have three kids and that's not really a good combination. And you can hear them. They're not calm kids. (laughs) Kids probably aren't calm in general. If you have more than one, you don't have a calm house. So How do you take care of yourself as an introvert? For starters, for me, when I see the chaos starting to brew, 
I have to have a safety zone. So when I'm kind of getting overwhelmed or like I'm trying to do something that's task oriented, I will tell my kids to go somewhere else. And so there are plenty of places in my house that they can go. And this may not be the case in your house. So it just depends on logistically what you got going on, but my kids can go upstairs and the living room is downstairs. And even though it's kind of an open floor plan, so I can hear them clearly, just that added space away from me is very helpful. If it's a nice day out, I will tell my kids go play outside. I won't give them a choice. I'll say it's time to go outside. I just need a break for a minute. There is nothing wrong with that because I'm having a sensory overload. Even when they're laughing and they're joking and they're not fighting, they're having fun. I find myself snapping sometimes because I'm overwhelmed. Now, the interesting thing about that is I remember my dad doing that. I remember him yelling at my sister and I because we were playing and laughing. And I remember saying to my dad, we're just having fun, dad. Like, what's the problem? Like, we're not even fighting. And now ironically, as an adult, I kind of understand that because he was probably just overloaded, like just the noise and the intensity. And when you have kids who are laughing at a certain level, you know, it's going to turn nasty. Well, it will at least in my house. So that's the added problem, but I get it. So you want to catch it maybe before you get to that point and redirect your kids. It's okay for you to have a safe zone. Um, you don't necessarily always have to go to your room and hibernate. You can have your kids go outside and play, go upstairs. If you have an upstairs or go in your room and play, or if you have a playroom, go in the playroom or redirect them. That is okay. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you can tell them, you know, why don't we call your friend and see if you can go play with your friend? (laughs) That seems cruel to the, to the friend's mom, but you know, Hey, she might really like people coming over. I have a really hard time with people coming over. We're going to get into that. That's, that's number four. So stay tuned for social, social interactions and planning that's coming up. But I think in general, you're going to want to know when to take breaks and how to help this. The other thing I do with the chaos and the sensory overload is I divide and conquer. So if you have more than one child, sometimes as an introvert, the energy of having multiple people interact is too much. And so I will sometimes say to my kids, you guys can't play together right now you go over here and you're going to play and I'll set them up with something. You're going to play, make some art. You go upstairs and work on this. And then in an hour, you guys can play again together. That's for my own sanity. I just need a reset in the house. And that's because I'm an introvert and my battery is like beyond negative. That's okay. Also, the last thing that I do that I wanted to kind of mention that could help you. And these are all really simplistic ideas, but Sometimes you just don't think about these things or you don't think of them in relation to being an introvert. And and sometimes you might think that this these are like bad parenting ideas, you know, that you're a bad parent if you do this, but it's really self-care because if you don't do these things, you're going to be a mama beast or a daddy beast and then your kids aren't going to really have good memories of you. They're going to be like, "Oh yeah, my mom was always yelling at me. My dad was always yelling at me." I would rather, you know, calmly say, "Hey, you go do arts and crafts and you go over there and build Legos and we get back in an hour, then always be barking. And sometimes, especially in the summer for survival, you know, I will, if I'm really feeling like I'm having some sensory overload with my kids, it'll be movie time. I'll save that. And I'll say it's movie time. And I get out the popcorn and I put um, a movie up on the TV and for two hours, it's quiet. And then my battery is completely recharged and then we can have more activity again and I can be a fun mom. The other thing that I do 
is I have really good headphones. <laughs> so it sounds all like very avoidant, but honestly, it's just survival as an introvert. So I got these headphones that weren't even that expensive on Amazon. Um, it's not like they're paying me to advertise them, but I will leave a link in the show notes and on my website because they are like awesome headphones. And my daughter got Beats as a gift from a relative and they were super expensive, like hundreds of dollars. And I have these headphones that I think are like 40 bucks and they're like memory foam and they're uh, somewhat noise canceling and they're Bluetooth. So I don't have any cords and they are the bomb. <laughs> is there, is there an age where you can't say the bomb anymore? Cause I feel like I'm at that age, but anyway, I just said it. So it doesn't matter. I'm learning all these like hip ways of talking, <laughs> but then I feel like maybe I shouldn't use them. So anyway, and maybe that's past, maybe that's very like passe, but anywho, so headphones are really helpful because sometimes you need to recharge, but you're not going to be able to. So when I'm making dinner, I normally wear headphones because I am one, not a good multitasker. And so I feel overloaded when I'm making dinner and everybody's screaming at me and they're asking me to do things and they're fighting, or maybe they're not even asking me anything, but there's just so much chaos. Now at my house, we do have like an open floor plan. So the kitchen is, you know, the kitchen and the living room and the dining room are all open. And so if I'm in the kitchen, I'm in the living room and the dining room, like they're all open and even upstairs, it's an open floor plan. And so even upstairs, there's like a balcony. And so all of that noise, you can hear it. You can pretty much, and I like it overall because I can hear anything in the house at any time, but the bad part is there's really no escape unless I want to actually go in the backyard, which I do sometimes, but I live in Arizona. And so like when it's 120, the backyard's not really an option anymore. Like people can die. My, my son actually said that to me today. He said, mom, because we are starting up our summer. And he said, he's, he has been using a coping mechanism himself of going into the backyard and sitting on the patio a lot lately. And even my husband was like, why is he always on the patio? And I said, I think he's learning, you know, how to get some calm and, you know, kind of like a junior introvert and with anxiety and OCD, he just needs some quiet but it's getting too hot. Like we have heat warnings already and it's like not even, it's like the beginning of June here. It gets to 120, but right now it's 109 today. And he came in and he said, mom, is it as hot in an oven as it is outside? (laughs) And I was like, well, it's probably pretty close. And he said, I mean, people can die in an oven, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm not going outside anymore. So I thought that was kind of funny going out in the patio is a nice thing. So back to what I was saying, I'm sorry, I'm going on a lot of tangents today, but when you're cooking and it's possible and your partner's not going to get angry with you, put headphones on. So sometimes I'll do homework as I'm doing cooking. They like sit at the, the bar, the bar stools and we'll do homework. And so I'll multitask in that way. But in the summer or on nights that we're not doing that, and I prefer not to do that in a perfect world, I'll put headphones on and then I'll, if you know, my husband's sitting on the couch, he can take care of their needs. <laughs> I hope that you can have that as well. Cause that might be a separate podcast, but, and then I'll just say, if I hear anyone talking to me, I'm cooking, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm cooking. And they know when I have my headphones on, I can't hear. And the beautiful thing is I'm not even lying. I can't hear. 
So I will listen to audiobooks. I'll listen to other podcasts. Um, I'll listen to like the radio. And it's just a really nice way for me to recharge as I'm making dinner. And then I focus on dinner making. And so it becomes more of an enjoy. I don't really like cooking. And so when I tie it with something that I'm looking forward to, so I have an audiobook, but I will only listen to it when I'm cooking or when I'm doing the laundry. And therefore, I look forward to those and cleaning the bathrooms. So I hate all three of those things. But when I tie it with something that is enjoyable and that I will only allow myself to do when I'm doing those unenjoyable things, then I enjoy it more. So, but the, the bonus is as an introvert, I'm recharging during all those things because no one talks to me. They see my headphones on and they know mom can't hear me. And every time she, I talk to her, she says, I can't hear you. I have my headphones on, which I'm, I'm sure is very annoying for my husband, but that might be another option for you. Find some headphone time and recharge that way. Okay. Up next, I'm going to talk to you about playing with your kids because as an introvert, there are some issues with that. And we'll talk about it and your child's social life. I'm saving that for last because that is one of the hardest parts of parenting as an introvert. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. Okay, so let's talk about playing with your kids. Now, this may not be the case for some of you, but I do feel like this is an introverted quality and an introvert struggle with parenting is that we have, we're low energy people. We like to read. We like time by ourselves. We like to have some solitude. Um, We like to have deep, meaningful conversations. I mean, as introverts, we're all going to be different and, and unique, but we all have some attributes that are pretty similar. And so playing with kids for some of us, and I'm going to definitely say myself included for sure, but I'm sure there's some of you that this won't resonate with. It's exhausting. And for a long time, I felt really guilty because I felt really drained when I would play with my kids because it was very engaging and it's like a social interaction. And I would find that after playing with my kids for an hour or two, I was done. Like I was super tired. I was a little bit irritable and I was like, okay, now it's my time. And it felt selfish. I was like, okay, I played with you for an hour and now I want to do the things that I need to do. And for a long time, I would beat myself up about that. And I would feel like, gosh, what a, what a selfish mom I am. And I'm really not a selfish person. I spent like a majority of my time in life helping people. And a big chunk of that time, I'm doing things for free. I'm making podcasts and kids' YouTube videos. I'm writing articles. And like, it's all just to help. It has no purpose other than to help. So I'm really, uh, not to brag, but you know, selflessness is kind of one of my attributes, one of my personality attributes. So it didn't resonate with me that I was felt kind of selfish that I didn't really want to play with my kids. And I work with parents who they play with their kids 24 hours a day. Well, nobody can play with their kids 24 hours a day, but they would play with their kids nonstop. If their kids awake, they are interacting with their child. And I just physically couldn't do that. It was draining. And as an introvert, people, no matter who they are, even your little people that you love are depleting your battery. 
and you need to recharge. And so fostering independent play is a good way to survive parenting as an introvert, because I honestly don't enjoy, this is going to sound horrible. So you can send me all the hate mail. No, I'm just kidding. Don't send me any hate mail, but I honestly don't enjoy playing with my kids as a, like a a peer. I love teaching them. I love having interesting conversations. I actually really enjoy that they're not toddlers anymore because I really wasn't a baby or toddler person. This is kind of ironic because my website is called (laughs) anxioustoddlers.com. I kind of wish it wasn't because I really was not a toddler person. But my first book was How to Parent Your Anxious Toddler because I had an anxious toddler at the time. And I really do like to talk and write about what I'm experiencing because I feel like it comes from my heart and it's more genuine. And that's what I was going through at the time. So, but now that my kids are all out of toddlerhood and I, my youngest is six, I really enjoy them more because I love having deep conversations about life and what does it mean? And as an introvert, we like that kind of stuff. We like deep stuff that means something. We don't want superficial conversations. And so when we can have that with our kids, it's great, but just playing Barbies, it just doesn't do it for me. And I know that's horrible, but it's exhausting. Or playing a board game, I have a hard time with that because one, I have anxious kids, so they're going to get mad when someone, you know, is losing and it's just boring and draining for me. So that's okay. I think it's okay to know your limits. Um, We love to travel. We love to go out. We love to do things outside of the house, whether it's swimming or going to a museum or doing like a, a weird kid thing. And we like to, you know, go to different states. And I really love vacationing. (laughs) I guess that's who doesn't love vacationing, but I do love traveling with my kids and we have some of the best bonding time at that time. But even when we travel, my husband and I are both introverts and we will spend a lot of time coming back to the hotel and um, recharging. So we'll normally do something in the morning, come back to the hotel, two hours at the hotel, we go back out. We come back to the hotel. We maybe have like a couple of hours. Then we go back out for dinner or something in the evening. And then we're in bed by like 8.30. That's an introverted couple right there. That's how we are, my husband and I. So it's okay to foster independent play. So some ways that I do this, because my kids know, like mom's not going to like, I'm not going to go and play Barbies with you. Like I, I didn't have you... I had, you guys can play with each other and that's perfectly okay. And there's nothing wrong with a parent who will go and play with their kids. It's just, we're all different and neither of us should condemn the other, but I have lots of things accessible to my kids so they can play independently. So I have an art cabinet that is like chock full of art supplies, um, glue gun, not glue gun. That sounds horrible. (laughs) The glue guns up high. Nobody can touch that, but glue sticks and sequins. I mean, it is chock full of things and they're in little containers so that they can, it's really well organized because I'm a bit anal that way. And there's crayons and there's markers and there's tissue paper and there's, there's everything you can imagine, googly eyes, and they will go in there periodically and they'll just do their own art project. I also have a cabinet that is just full of things that I was going to recycle. So like toilet rolls and weird boxes and things that I think could be good, could be used for an art project or a science project. I put in that cabinet and then it's there all year for them to use if they need to. So, you know, create ways for your kids to reach things in your house that is that are kid friendly and that are safe, but that they can do by themselves. 
I have drawers around my house that have just random paper and crayons so they can do that. I have drawers with coloring books in them. There are cabinets full of toys that are organized and every once in a while I'll go in and reorganize them because when kids toys are organized, kind of like Montessori style, they will play a lot longer and a lot more effectively. So when you organize your toys and you kind of put them in categories, kids will play a lot longer. So once a month or once every like three months, depending on how busy I've been, I'll go and I'll really organize their toys and they'll play really well for a while. There are other things like outside on the patio, you open up a drawer and there's bubbles and there's um, different wands and stuff, and they can play that whenever they want. So the purpose is to have things available and accessible and organized so that your kids can be independent and play by themselves. I have like a Play-Doh drawer. They can, and there's like little Play-Doh equipment in there. There's um, like a little like minifigure drawer where they have like little figures that they can play with. So organize their toys and then you prompt them. Now, if you need some alone time and your kid's maybe not a good self-starter, then start them on one of these projects, get out the art project, get out the Play-Doh or get out whatever it is and then get them started and let them know that they're going to play independently and then go and do your recharging for whatever that is. You're going to need more recharging than the average parent. And that is totally okay. Your friends may not get that. Your partner may not get that, but I get it. And that's okay because you are you and it is what it is. So the last thing I want to talk about before you go is understanding whose role it is for your child to be social. And so as an introvert, I think there's this huge guilt that we have that we're not maybe in a lot of mom groups or we're not, you know, bringing, we're not like going out there and harvesting friends for our children. Right. So that can, that can bring a lot of guilt because the way our society is set up a lot of times is the mom goes and joins all these mom groups or she has a lot of mom friends. And then the friends have kids and then their kids are friends and you have a lot of play dates because you're friends with the mom. And so introverts will often say, and parents will often tell me, you know, my practice feel really bad because I don't really want to socialize with the moms. I just don't have it in me. And I feel like it's not fair to my child. Well, I think the important message is it is fair to your child and it is okay. You are not responsible for your, your child's dance card. That's like a really 1950s reference. (laughs) And I wasn't born in the fifties, but my husband talks like he's in the fifties. So I have a lot of references based. We'll just blame him, but your child is eventually going to make their own friends, whether you like that or not uh, is going to happen. And so if you're raising a young child, like a toddler, don't worry about it. Um, for me, when I was, when I was raising toddlers, I would join like one class so that I didn't feel too guilty. So we do Gymboree or we would do like little gym or we do something like a music class or I'd go to the library and there would be, you know, the reading time and that would be it for the entire day, you know, but I felt okay. And it was structured and then we would leave and I wouldn't talk to any of the other moms. Partly it was my social anxiety, but now that I don't have social anxiety, it's like 99% gone because I've really worked hard on it in the last couple of years. I find that I still don't want to talk to the moms, but it's not because I'm anxious anymore. It's because I'm an introvert. And so I'm not anxious about the idea of talking to somebody. And if they said, you know, here's a challenge, you have to go and talk to the mom next to you. That's fine. It's not a big deal. I don't want to. 
I don't want to talk about small talk. If you want to get into a meaty conversation about your child's behavior, I'd love to talk about that. (laughs) But who's going to want to talk about that? Well, maybe you would because, you know, you're listening to my podcast. But I mean, I love interesting conversations. I just don't want to talk about the weather or like what, where you got your kids shorts. Like, I don't, it's just not interesting. So if you have a younger child, you know, you can sign them up for classes. And if you're not the one talking to the other moms, that's fine. You're an introvert. Introverts will notice all the extroverts because we feel a little self-conscious about being an introvert. As your child gets older, they're going to make their own play dates. They're going to bring home numbers. This is what has started to happen to me. My kids will come home and they will say, here's this number. And it's like a child has scribbled a little number on a ripped piece of paper. Can you call her mom so that we can play? Now, and in the past, my social anxiety would be like off the charts. I'm like, I can't call her. And now I just text the mom and I say, hey, my son wants a play date with your, with your child. Are you free on Sunday? That doesn't mean I have to go hang out with the mom. Now I'm open to that. It's not like I'm anti making new friends, but I only have so much on my plate that energy wise that I can spare. And I've got a lot going on anyway, but you have to remember that your child's play date is not your play date. And so if you need to just ask, Hey, um, is it okay if, you know, you drop your daughter off and then, um, always have an end time. So this is something that is a good survival technique for introverts. Don't have an open-ended play date at your house. So if you are nervous about having to interact, or maybe it's just too draining, and depending on your child's age, it's kind of ambiguous whether this play date is like a mom play date or a dad play date as well, then you can have them come to your house because you have more control. And so you can say, what I used to do a lot would be, I would take them somewhere. So I'd say, hey, can your daughter come to the movies with us? And then I'll drop her off on my way back. And that way it's a controlled amount of time and there's no ambiguity. I know that like we're not going to have to sit there and awkwardly have coffee or tea together because I am going to pick your child up and then drop your child back off. So now sometimes I would love to do that. I would love to have a cup of tea with the right person who really interests me. And I think we have a lot in common and then that's a different story. But I think as introverts, because we don't have a lot of energy, we're picky about who we want to hang with. And so it's not that we're antisocial. It's that we are picky social. (laughs) It doesn't even make any sense, but if you only have so much energy to give and you can't change that because it's a physiological situation, you're going to be pretty picky with who you want to hang out with. And so I'm picky. I don't, there are there are levels of drainage. And so there are different personality types and they drain you at different levels. And so you, when you find someone who doesn't drain you that much, like my husband, he does not drain me at all. He's like a neutral, maybe even a little bit of a charge to my battery. And so I can hang out with him all day because he is, he's an introvert as well. And so his energy does not really crush my energy, but other people might have really high energy. And so I might enjoy spending time with them, but then when I'm done with them, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, I just need a nap, right? Or you can have, your child can feel that way. And my kids do, and maybe yours do too, because kids in general can be draining. And then if you add anxiety on top of that, that's a problem because now you're trying to solve something or work through something and, and that gets very exhausting. So socially, don't beat yourself up. 
You are not in charge. You're not like the social coordinator for your child. It is okay. Eventually, they will take over. If they're an extrovert, they are going to take over. They're going to bring numbers home. And you don't want to not let them have interactions, but it's okay if it's more sporadic when it, at your house. I can't handle more people coming to my house. I already have three and a dog and a cat. I cannot handle anymore. So I am super picky about people coming to my house. I can't have neighborhood kids just randomly running in and running out. I will go nuts because I'm an introvert. And so I have pretty tight boundaries and my kids know it. So when I'm feeling pretty good and I'm feeling pretty energized, I'll say, do you want to invite somebody over? Because I'm feeling okay at that moment. Or if we're going somewhere anyway, we're going to be out. I am really happy to bring kids with me because we're out and about anyway. It tends to drain me less. So I hope that some of that helps a little bit. Um, There's no silver bullet answer for dealing with an extrovert when you're an introvert. But I think a lot of this... A lot of the message that I'm trying to give you here today is acceptance, acceptance of who you are and how you are different than your child. And that is okay. So respect yourself as an introvert and respect them as an extrovert. There's nothing wrong with that either. Well, I hope you're enjoying your day. I hope that you find a sparkle in everything you do. Don't forget to leave a review. If you have time, if you're on Apple radio, (laughs) what the heck is it called? It's not iTunes, but Apple? I don't know. Maybe you can email me and tell me so I can stop obsessing about it. But if you can hit a star and rate the podcast, that is great feedback for me and everybody else who's looking at podcasts. If you have a little extra time and you can leave a comment, I really appreciate that. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.